Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Cohen. We've been covering the civil fraud case against Donald Trump brought by the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, on behalf of the people of the state of New York. Donald Trump showed up for two and a half days of trial yesterday at lunch. He basically fled back to Florida after whining and complaining and having a gag order imposed on him because he threatened Judge Arthur Ngoron's law clerk. What is interesting, and I did a hot take with Michael Cohen about this, but I want to see if there's any developments as well, is that in the $500 million federal case, that Donald Trump filed against Cohen, that Donald Trump so desperately tried to avoid having his deposition taken, Donald Trump and his lawyers represented to the magistrate, Judge Torres, and to the federal judge presiding over that case in the Southern District of Florida, that Trump would be in the New York Attorney General's civil trial the entire week. So Donald Trump, Wow. Lied again, it turns out, to the federal judge in the Southern District of Florida. Michael Cohen, you spoke to me yesterday and said that you and your lawyers may bring that to the attention of the judge in the Southern District of Florida that Donald Trump misrepresented. Where do we stand there and where do we stand with Donald Trump's deposition that you're ready to take on October 9th? Is Donald Trump complying with any other aspect of that deposition date? Well, the funny thing when it comes to that, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, Judge Torres in the Southern District of Miami already knows that Donald has returned to Florida. It was clearly all over the news. You can't miss it, including the front page of so many different newspapers. So uh, I have spoken with my counsel and right now they are um, working on some documents within which just to advise the court uh, of this issue. But truth be told, we're not even really interested in what would happen based upon Trump's misinformation or lies uh, to the court about his necessity of being here in New York for this AG trial. Rather, what we're looking for is come Monday, that Donald appears uh, for the deposition pursuant to the court order, which would be the third time that it's noticed for his deposition. As of right now, all indications are that he will be here in New York uh, for the deposition. But then again, you know that's just speculation. Clearly, uh, you'll find out. We'll be talking about it live again on Tuesday in terms of some of the outcomes of this um, of this deposition, and you know, uh, my suspicion is really that he does not want to either sit for this deposition, and I can assure you, he certainly does not want to sit um, for this specific New York Attorney General trial. He doesn't want to take the stand, despite the fact that he regularly states that he does. Um, you know. How many times have we heard where Donald wants to take the stand? I would do it, but my lawyers have advised me not to. If that's the recommendation that he's getting from his counsel, and he has three of them here, 
If that's the joint recommendation of his counsel, I personally hope to God that he starts to listen, even though I call them the C team. That would be the best advice that anyone could give to him, simply because when the guy speaks, he implicates himself. Truth be told, in this specific case, you don't even need him to implicate himself. There's more than enough documentary and uh, testimony to do that for him. My personal opinion is that he's already thrown his hands up in the air, and he knows that he is going to lose this case. Right now, all he cares about is trying to preserve uh, his rights on appeal, knowing that the case is not going in his favor. All he's thinking about now is how to make this into some sort of a political circus, how to somehow figure out how to continue to fundraise off of this um, trial, and most importantly, how to attack witnesses like myself so that one, maybe something comes out that he might be able to use in this $500 million lawsuit against me, or that he could use as... Um, uh, some reason that the appellate court should overturn uh, whatever Judge Ngoron's ruling is going to be. Right now, he's not thinking about anything except for the appeal. I mean, I know exactly what's going on in his mind. When he threw his hands up in exasperation yesterday, um, We all, anybody that knows him already knew that He's basically fed up. He's had enough of this case. He picks himself up. He gets back onto his plane, and he runs back to his safe place, right? He's running back, so to speak. He's running to his mommy, which is really Mar-a-Lago, and all of the sycophantic fools that are running around the place, you know, calling him Mr. President. And every time that they, you know, that he walks into the room, they all get up and start to cheer and clap for him. That's what he needs. He needs the accolades of the crowd. He wasn't getting it here in New York, and he for sure wasn't getting it in the courtroom. So what does he do? Pick yourself up and flee like the, um, you know, like the coward that he really is. He lasted two and a half days in a courtroom yeah. where people who are litigants to cases, it's work. You have to sit there. He represented to a judge that the federal judge presiding over the case where he sued you, that it was indispensable is what his, the exact words his lawyers used to the federal judge in the Southern District of Florida, Miami Division for Donald Trump to be there. But he just left. And you mentioned that he's got the C team of lawyers. First thing I want to mention before going into the C team of lawyers is I am increasingly feeling like we may not see Donald Trump ever show up at that New York attorney general case, period, that he's going to invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, and he's not going to sit there, he's not going to testify, and he basically spent the two and a half days whining so that he could throw up his hands and say, the judge treated me unfairly, I'm not going to get a fair shot, so I got to invoke my Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, the judge already predetermined. I thought he was actually going to testify, and he testified at a deposition where he did horribly and he basically said that he's got worthless clauses that allow him to defraud everybody. He claimed he's never like looked at the statement of financial conditions when 
He clearly did. He blamed it on Eric. He said the Saudis will buy his property for anything. He, you know, just basically admitted you know, to I the problem valuation. Jeff McConney uh, was on the stand today, and the whole issue of his triplex was an issue that came up. Uh, and he then turned around and uh, I think something because I was reading it uh, online mm -hmm. in, um, in an article somebody put out that uh, McConney stated that Trump did have the final look review yep. and approval right on these financial these statement of financial conditions. I don't remember if I saw it in a, in a paper or maybe I saw it uh, here on my uh, Instagram, TikTok or my uh, my Twitter. Uh, well, X, uh, as they call it. Now, I don't even know what to call that. You know, X. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's certainly not something that uh, I would think if you were Trump's lawyer, I don't believe, Ben, that you would recommend to him knowing who he is as a client, knowing how he doesn't tell the truth, knowing how he either over-exaggerates or puts his own foot in his mouth that you would recommend to him that the smart thing for you to do in this case is to take the trial. He doesn't have to. It's a civil trial. And so uh, if yeah. he does take the stand and he pleads the fifth, Judge Ngoron has the absolute right within which to infer guilt. He can infer whatever he wants as a direct result, and that is not an appealable issue simply because he took the fifth. And again, this is a civil case. You know, the fifth is really designed to prevent you from incriminating yourself in, um, you know, in a criminal case, not uh, in civil. So, and yeah. Goron would have the right to look any way that he wants to at that. You mentioned Jeff McConney, who is Donald Trump's controller of the Trump organization, or should I say was the controller, because we knew that he testified in the Manhattan District Attorney's felony criminal case against the Trump organization, where the Trump organization was swiftly convicted of over a dozen felony counts. Um, McConney, we know from the jury in the case against the Trump organization, the jury hated him. They thought he was a liar. They thought he was further incriminating himself. They hated him. He was one of the reasons why they came to the guilty verdict. So I knew McConney was not going to be helpful to the Trump organization here. And McConney starts off by saying that he got a $500,000 severance to basically mm. leave the Trump organization. He's not gotten paid the full amount. Trump still owes him money, to which McConney says it's contingent. So the New York attorney general's lawyer said, contingent on what? And McConaughey's like, oh, I don't know, uh, being alive, which, you know, shows you the credibility he has there. Then this was the point. Shout out to Jose Paglieri, who's in the courtroom doing some great reporting. And I think it's important that we give him the credit for these uh, up-to-date uh, moments. And Paglieri says, while reviewing the contract between the Trump org and the outside accounting firm, Mazers, who Donald Trump's lawyer yesterday spent the whole day attacking the outside accountant, trying to blame them. McConney conceded that the disclaimers, the so-called worthless clauses, whatever you want to call it, lays all the blame on Donald Trump. So the question from the New York attorney general was Mr. McConney. So those disclaimers, 
they place the burden squarely on Donald Trump's shoulders, correct? To which McConnie, Donald Trump's controller, said, correct, yes. And then um, further evidence was presented of the um, independent accountants compilation report but ultimately where the valuations were changed is that there was an interlineation on the top right that says Donald J. Trump to get final review. So ultimately, Donald Trump tries to claim that he knows nothing about these financials and McConney just basically right there destroyed all the points Trump was trying to make yesterday. And by the way, I think one of the reasons Trump left was, yes, there was a gag order imposed on him. Yes, he had a temper tantrum. But today was the day where damaging smoking guns were introduced to show the wannabe emperor has no clothes, that he's not worth as much money. The whole scheme was presented today. He didn't want to be in court where he was being humiliated with the facts. And it tells you a lot about him. I want to get your thoughts on that, Cohen. And then I also want to talk about, though, this uh, motion to stay that Donald Trump's lawyers want to file. They want to stay the current trial based on the judge's su partial summary judgment, ordering the uh, Trump organization dissolved. But we'll get there in a moment. What are your final thoughts on McConnie? And then I want to talk about how bad Trump's lawyers are for filing this motion to stay late. Again, they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. So, look, Jeff McConnie was not an executive. He was an assistant controller. He worked solely for Alan Weisselberg. I explained this, of course, to the various different law enforcement agencies that question me when they're trying to understand the structure of the Trump organization, how it works. He's actually a pretty decent guy, McConnie. And I don't, he wasn't going to lie. You know, one of the things that I'm sure he was prepped to do, which is not to drop the boom, but to try to say things in a way that gives Trump some sort of a wiggle room out. Not when you have the prosecutors who you have on the side of the attorney general asking very specific and very direct questions. You see, the problem with this C-team of Trump's is that they, along with Donald and everybody else that's advising him right now, they all think everybody else is stupid and that they're the geniuses in the room, when in fact it's obvious the other way around is what really exists. The problem that they now have, as you just appropriately stated, McConney's statements are corroborated by probably a half a dozen to a dozen people that will be called as witnesses, including, you know, they just finished a two and a half day, um, two and a half days of Donald Bender, who's the accountant for Mazers. Two and a half days they had this poor bastard on the stand. I think it's disgraceful, to be honest. Uh, there is not that much information that is necessary. Uh, a lot of it, again, was um, bravado by the Trump team for the sole purpose of just making this into a shit show, which is what they want to do. Fundraise off of it, which is what they are doing. And I feel kind of bad for Bender um, 
being on that for two and a half days. But one thing for certain was Bender explained that whole worthless clause, the disclaimer. And the disclaimer is not for Trump. The disclaimer is for the accounting firm that basically what it really says is that this is not obviously an audited financial and that, uh, you know, the information was provided by the client, but it cannot be relied upon uh, because it has not been um, audited or checked by the accounting firm, et cetera, et cetera. I wish I actually had one in front of me next time, maybe on Tuesday, uh, I'll have the um, original one in my possession and we could go through it. But the disclaimer is not anything what Donald or his counsel are claiming it to be. That's just not what it's about. Uh, more importantly, that's not even the basis of the case. He could make, it's just, again, it's a defense that they are already telegraphing that they intend on using. I don't think personally, and I think most pundits that I've seen so far um, believe the exact same thing that I do, which it is not exculpatory for Trump's uh, responsibility or liability in this specific matter. Um, we have some breaking news I want to report right now. This is a scoop from ABC that months after leaving the White House, Donald Trump allegedly discussed sensitive information about nuclear submarines with a random member of his Mar-a-Lago club. We will be updating you more on that, but this just broke. We will keep you posted. And I think there's you know, going ben, to- I, I don't mean I don't mean to break in here, but I, I feel I have to. One of the things that I warned everyone, not just from House Oversight, but all the way television. I remember sitting with Joy Reid, with Reverend Al, with Ari Melber, with Allison Camrata, you, you name it. How many people I sat with? And I said, you're all looking at the wrong thing. Okay, yes, we know he has these top secret documents. We know that they have now been taken as a result of the subpoena of the warrant that was executed on Mar-a-Lago. That's not the more dangerous thing that we should all be talking about. What we should be talking about is while these documents were in his possession, who saw them? What did he do with them? Who has copies of them? What they needed to do, and this is the example that I gave, Kind of like the game, Where's Waldo? They need, to th they need to go back literally to the day after he left the White House, and they need to examine his flight records as to where he went. And then from there, they need to figure out, and this is a full-time full -time job for not one person, but a whole team, to figure out his itinerary, who he met with, and so on, and start to speak to those people about what information that Donald showed them, that they talked about, et cetera. Because the most important thing, the most important thing is not locking up Donald. That will happen potentially on its own. The most important thing is our national security. And who knows who he showed what to and how that information that has been leaked or sold or given away for whatever reason it might be places all of us, places our country at risk. These are the important things that we need to know right now. And the fact that the Biden administration is not all over this, the fact that Congress has not asked for some sort of a hearing, the fact that the DOJ is not pursuing this area, to me, it's abhorrent. 
There is no reason in the world why they should not know every single place that Donald went, that he, they should not know the names of every single person that Donald spoke to. We do, as a country, need to know exactly who he spoke to, exactly what he showed them, because this example is what I spoke about two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago, I said, rest assured, Donald cannot keep a secret. Not if he thinks that it could benefit him. Personally, I'd love to know the name of the Mar-a-Lago member because chances are I may know who that person is and I may know uh, what that person might have benefited from having that information. This is really no joke. You never know what Donald is going to do. Remember that he doesn't care about the country. He doesn't care about the American people. And he certainly doesn't care about selling, giving, whatever it might be, this top secret information to one of our country's adversaries, especially because he's mad at the country that he wasn't reelected, that he lost to Joe Biden, who he refers to as the loser, right? even though, of course, we know Biden won. And he's willing to allow the country to get burnt down because of his anger and because of the way that he feels he's been mistreated. Well, to be fair with the Department of Justice, they are pursuing this. And from the outset, they have been pursuing all of the people who Donald Trump may have shared this information with. That's how they were able to identify it. We're learning about this now because Donald Trump is filing a motion to try to delay the trial in the Southern District of Florida, arguing that he doesn't have uh, all of the SEPA Section 4 documents, Classified Information Procedures Act documents. Jack Smith doesn't want to share about a handful of those documents, even in a skiff with Donald Trump's lawyer, like the nuclear records, likely because the fear is that you can't even show Donald Trump these documents because of the exigent, exigent circumstances that would be caused the danger and threat he poses. So Donald Trump is trying to get a continuance. He filed a motion to continue trial, acting like Jack Smith has to show him the nuclear records again. And Jack Smith's like, no, Section 4 of SEPA says I could request from the judge a summary. I don't have to show all of these documents. That's why I think the timing of this is coming out now. And as the the breaking news story um, is hitting the wire. Here's what we're learning. And Cohen, let me know if you know this individual, an Australian billionaire, um, a member of Mar-a-Lago by the name of Anthony Pratt, who runs US-based Pratt Industries, one of the world's largest packaging companies. In those interviews, Pratt described how looking to make conversation with Trump during a meeting at Mar-a-Lago in April 2021, he brought up the American submarine fleet, which the two had discussed before, sources told ABC News. According to Pratt's account, as described by the sources, Pratt told Trump he believed Australia should start buying its submarines from the United States. United States, to which an excited Trump, leaning toward Pratt as if to be discreet, then told Pratt two pieces of information about U.S. submarines, the supposed exact number of nuclear warheads they routinely carry, and exactly how close they supposedly can get to a Russian submarine 
without being detected. In emails and conversations after the meeting with Trump, Pratt described Trump's remarks to at least 45 others, including six journalists, 11 of his company's employees, 10 Australian officials, and three former Australian prime ministers, sources told ABC News. While Pratt told investigators he couldn't tell if what Trump said about U.S. submarines was real or just bluster, investigators nevertheless nevertheless asked Pratt not to repeat the numbers that Trump allegedly told him, suggesting the information could be too sensitive to relay further, ABC News was told by sources. So if you think about there, Donald Trump just gave away sensitive information that could lead to millions of Americans getting killed by revealing our defensive readiness and our defensive posture of our nuclear submarines with respect to Russia based on our alliances with Australia and all of our secrets are getting out there. And yet the MAGA Republican morons are inviting this guy back to the House of Representatives where he led an insurrection? Are you freaking kidding me? Like, has all legacy media, I know the Republican Party at this point has just embraced this MAGA traitor Putin puppet label, but when I'm reading this, and the reason I waited just a little bit, Cohen, to even share all of that with you is I had to read it like 10 times, and it didn't compute in my mind that this could be real. So I went back, I went back, and I said, he shared with a random person at his club our nuclear secrets about how we can defend ourselves to Russia. Imagine what this freaking traitor was saying at Helsinki to Putin. He probably gave the whole game away. Yeah, so Ben, one of the things that I had said before, and it's one of the things that I love about political beatdown, and it's something that you and I constantly refer to, you and I do not agree on everything, and we're not supposed to, and we can still have a civil conversation. This is what is lacking right now in our government. Two and a half years ago, and I'm going to repeat myself on this, two and a half years ago, I turned around and I I made public statements that there is no doubt in my mind, Trump has shown and spoken about these top secret uh, documents to others. And it is imperative that our DOJ does something to find every single person that he spoke to and understand exactly what he told them so that we could ensure national security to this country. Two and a half years later, we have an article that corroborates my feelings, the belief that I had. We should be further, and when I mean further, I'm talking way further down the line because it is our national security, and there is nothing more important than American security. It is the single first import that a president is responsible for, and that is for the safety of all Americans. That is really the job of the president of the United States, and the administration should be right now pushing to find every single person that this Mandarin Mussolini was speaking to, because I assure you, this guy Pratt is not the one and only, which we obviously know, but how much further down the line did he provide documents, information, national security secrets? We don't know. We truly don't know. And that's the scariest thing, is not knowing. Yeah, 
So Ben, we 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 lost you in terms of your sound, but I want to just go on. And say I was saying one. chills. So you know, chill. You know, I, I I probably muted it, so I was just screaming and chills. I mean, this is treason. No wonder he says and projects treason, treason. Your treason is your treason is why he goes all projection. How he goes after General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He goes after his former chief of staff and a four-star general John Kelly. He goes after his own Secretary of Defense Mark Esper, who he calls Mark Esper, because he knows what a treasonous, traitorous person he is and he's engaged in conduct like that do we not always this talk about trump deflection i mean again let's go back to my book revenge how donald trump weaponized the united states department of justice against his critics what line is donald using he's using how joe biden weaponized the department of justice against his critic meaning him your favorite president Right. So uh, the leading nominee for the Republican Party for 2024. I mean, these are the lines that he's using. Why? Because you're right, Ben. And this is where we definitely agree. Not only is he traitorous, the guy is absolutely out of his mind. He knows what he's done. He thinks everybody is as devious as he is. And so instead of accepting it, instead of even keeping quiet, he's deflecting and trying to place all of these negative qualities and traits onto somebody else. And by the way, when you talk about, we'll go back in a little bit to the New York Attorney General's case, because I want to just show everybody how badly Trump's lawyers, from just a legal standpoint, screwed this up by allowing the case to go to trial and not filing the motion for stay the moment partial summary judgment was granted against Donald Trump. Now, look. Trump is liable as can be, but his lawyers also have no clue what he is doing. And I didn't want to do a hot take on this in real time mm. because I didn't want to give them the advice of how they were screwing it up. But they could have, if they were competent, they could have said, look, we're dealing with dissolution now. So we need to deal with the trial after dissolution for partial summary judgment. But they didn't do that. The reason I'm just bringing that up now is Mar-a-Lago is clearly not worth more than $100 million. But in Donald Trump's mind, with the nuclear secrets he possessed there, and you have to think like the pathological traitor that he is, with all those documents there, Mar-a-Lago in his mind, to the Saudis, to foreign interests, Mar-a-Lago was then worth billions of dollars. Yeah. Think about what he's... Yeah, but here's the thing. So let's just disagree in terms of what the actual value is on Mar-a-Lago. Um, you know, is it worth 100? Is it worth 200? What's the difference? I'll tell you what it's not worth. It's not worth 1.5 billion. It's not worth the 980 million that they had on their financial statement or whatever the amount was. And that's the issue. The issue is it's not it's not that he thinks that it's got buried treasure in it or it has the the nuclear secrets. That's something separate to him. He saw Mar-a-Lago as this magnificent estate, which it is. It is a magnificent estate built by Marjorie Merriweather Post. Fantastic property. But 
what he does is he conflates everything. And that's the whole problem. And that's the mistakes that he made. And that's the reason that the attorney general has brought this case. And more importantly, it's the reason that Donald left because he knows that there is no way for him to ever, ever sit on a, you know, to sit in the stand and to be cross-examined by attorney general prosecutors, right? As to where did this number come from? How did you derive 900 plus million dollars, 800 million, 700 million? What was the formula that you used? And then start talking to him about the various different methodologies that are employed in terms of evaluating or assessing the value of the property. The reason he also doesn't want that is because he doesn't know them. See, it's funny. That's the funniest part. So the guy with the big brain, the genius, he doesn't even understand the methodology that would be used because he doesn't care about it. That's the narcissistic sociopathy of Donald Trump. And, you know, it's like um, it reminds me like it just it's. I don't there's there's nothing more that I can say on that. He cannot take the stand because the way that he screwed up the last time, the way he screwed up on the deposition in this specific case or Eugene Carroll will all be nothing compared to the mess he's going to make by taking the stand in this case, especially yep. with this team of prosecutors. I mean, they're really aces. I want to get your prediction, Michael Cohen, about whether Donald Trump will show up to the deposition that you've noticed for October 9th after Trump delayed it. I want to get your prediction if you think Donald Trump is going to return at all to the New York Attorney General civil fraud case or if he's just done with it. And we've got a lot more to discuss as well. I want to remind everybody here that after the show ends, and don't worry, the show's not ending. We've got a lot more show. We do an after show, an exclusive Patreon after show. The Patreon political beatdown community is growing rapidly. We don't have outside investors. So the way we build this programming is through our Patreon. And one of the features, we have the exclusive after shows, which is like a living, breathing autobiography where Cohen has shared his experiences in jail. He's explained his experiences writing a book while incarcerated, bestsellers, two New York Times bestsellers, one while he was incarcerated and one after he shared his story about how he became a lawyer, his early years as a lawyer before Donald Trump. And we also tackled some breaking news on the exclusive after shows. It's a fun way to grow this platform without outside investors. And then one of the features we have there as well is once a month, we'll be doing this in October soon as well. We do a Zoom chat where you can all meet Michael Cohen and you could ask him questions. The last one was great. And then throughout this Patreon, you can send direct messages to Cohen. It's yeah, a way that you can chat directly with Cohen and me a little bit, but mostly Michael Cohen. Um, and it's a great, you know, Cohen post childhood photos. It's really great and a great way to support the show. Go to patreon.com slash political beatdown, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash political beatdown. We still got a lot of show. Let's take our first quick break. 
Ben Micellis here. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver-infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. And get this, Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo, BEAT, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code BEAT to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash beat to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Fume. Cold turkey, it may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your wacky neighbor or some sketchy message board. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Now, not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all natural delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. The first time I used fume, I was shocked at how flavorful and fresh it tasted. Now, it's easy to hold and perfectly balanced and quite honestly, extremely fun to fidget with. The real wood material and sleek design definitely classes it up, and I feel pretty darn cool holding it. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that can't be you. Head to tryfume.com and use code BEAT 
to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfum.com and use code BEAT to save an additional 10% off your order today. Welcome back. We are live on political beatdown. You know, first off, I want to thank everybody. So many people are joining this Patreon, patreon.com slash political beatdown. By the way, if you're on the fence about whether the exclusive content on Patreon is worth it, I'll just ask anyone who's a patron, put in the chat or put in the comments if you think it's worth it. That's how confident I am that we spend a lot of time, Cohen and I, uh, curating it. But but Cohen, going back to the New York Attorney General case, you are a witness uh, in that case. Donald Trump and his team have already been attacking you. They attack you in the press. They attack you in their opening statement. And we saw with the first witnesses, they've spent two, three days on some witnesses. And so the expectation is outside and inside of court, they are going to harass you. It is a huge task to have to testify in any case, yet alone one of this magnitude with the level of uh, threats and dangerousness that's coming from the Trump side. So I just want to note, as as your friend, and I consider us to be very close friends, I want to know, I, I haven't called you up yet since you know some of the news broke today. How are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling are you getting sleep? You know, I see you up late at like 2.30 a.m. How are you doing? Sleeping is really tough. You know, I've kind of shared with a lot of um, the, um, you know, brigaders here, um, as well as on my other podcast, on Mea Culpa, the, the fact that, you know, I still suffer um, from PTSD when I was incarcerated and the uh, 51 days of solitary confinement. You know, there are triggers that will wake you up in the middle of the night. And then for me, it's impossible to go back to sleep. This is a whole different level of, I don't want to call it anxiety, but that's, I guess, what it is, simply because I know exactly what Trump's defense counsel intends on doing. They really do believe that by discrediting me or embarrassing me or trying to uh, harass me, that that's going to create some sort of a opportunity for them to be successful in this case. And even if it's not, one of the things that they do know is that by bloodying me up, that Trump will continue to raise money as he's been doing so far, I saw somewhere that he may have raised close to $40 million since the start of this AG trial. That is astronomical dollars, astronomical. And who are these idiots that are giving him the money? I don't know. But they're the same people that send, you know, the nasty text messages, the uh, the, the nasty social media uh, comments and so on. It's the same group of people. And that's all that this is going to turn into. But where it becomes somewhat um, annoying for me is like I, when I was sitting on the, um, uh, the witness stand before the House Oversight Committee, that's the hearing that everybody got a chance to see live. You have to hold 
your temper. You have to, um, you know, you have to really keep yourself controlled because if you notice the number of journalists that are currently watching this uh, trial and reporting on it, literally second by second, minute by minute, hour to hour, and then overviews. And so far, who have we had on, on the stand? Donald Bender, accountant for Mazer, okay, got a lot of attention. Jeff McConney, really? Serious? Got a lot of attention and is getting a lot of media. Could you imagine the amount of media that is going to be um, following this case as I take the stand? And I don't even know how many days they intend on keeping me. And it's, it's wearing on me because... I'm really I'm trying to restart my life. I'm trying to get a hold of things, but I can't. I can't because I'm dealing with this New York AG's case. And then after that, obviously, you know that I have the Manhattan District Attorney's case. So my life still is centered around holding Donald accountable for his dirty deeds. That is going to be another six plus months before I'm finally finished with the notion of testifying or having to come in and provide uh, information or whatnot. And so it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. And I'm not going to hold back. I allowed government to have me hold back the first time. And all that came out of it were lies upon lies upon lies about me to the extent that I ended up writing the book Revenge to try to correct some of the lies, the inaccuracies that were being spewed about me because they're just not true. And, you know, the problem is not enough people have read it. And the people who know what the lies are, well, they're the people that don't support Donald Trump anyway. The question becomes, how to impress upon the people who are MAGAs, who are purple, they are in between, they're not sure, they're the independents, to get them the information so that they understand that I am the first political prisoner held by my own country because I wouldn't waive my First Amendment constitutional rights, that they used threats of litigation against my wife in order to get me to plead guilty to crimes that I never did. And then people say, yeah, bullshit, then you never would have, you never would have agreed, you never would have copped the, the, you know, the plea and so on, really? Well, here's just one real quick example. First and foremost, I was charged with the Karen McDougal payment, the same as, for example, the Stormy Daniels. All you have to do is look online and it's been acknowledged by David Pecker, the former president of AMI, that they are the ones that made the payment. All I did is look over the agreement to ensure that Donald would be protected based upon them owning the life rights to the story of Karen. But they get immunity. David Pecker gets immunity. Alan Weisselberg got immunity on it. And Michael Cohen has to plead guilty because they gave me 48 hours over a weekend to either accept whatever charges that they were going to throw at me or they were filing an 80-page indictment that included my wife. And that's just not something that I would ever do. I would never risk this woman's um, you know, honor because she's a decent, decent, loving wife, person, friend, mom, you know, daughter. I would never do it to her. And hence why 
we still remain married. And Monday, the deposition date happens to be my 29th anniversary. So I'm sure that's going to bring me some additional luck. But I would never put her in, in harm's way. And they knew that. They knew that my family is my Achilles heel, and they went right for it. And I try, really, really try hard to hold it all back. But I have a funny feeling that there may be a couple of um, events that will get picked up by the news, but it makes no difference. The only thing, Ben, depending upon when I have to start for you know my testimony, we may have to push the beat down back an hour or two so that we can do this live together and I can give you the news of the day and what transpired while I was sitting uh, there on the witness stand. Well, I think the brigaders will understand that delay. That's for sure. Let me ask you, the deposition that you have scheduled to take Trump's deposition on Monday, October 9th, do you at this point, as of the date of this recording, we're live October 5th, so we're about four days away, do you think Donald Trump shows up or do you think ultimately he's going to be too cowardly to and come up with some excuse? Well, great question, Ben. One that's been posed to me by a multitude of journalists out there. Uh, at this point in time, I have no idea. So far, everything appears to be a go. Uh, we have the location already set. Um, you know, we intend to be there. I believe that his mind changes second by second, minute by minute, hour by, mi by hour, right, and day by day. So right now, today, he may be saying, yeah, I'm going, I'm going, fuck Cohen, fuck his, uh, his lawyers, I'm going, all right? Then it could be Sunday night, and he says, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going. I'll tell you one thing for sure. So my legal team, and so thanks to so many of you for continuing to contribute to the fund, the GoFundMe uh, on this, because this is what's helping to pay for the legal fees, and I have great great lawyers. I mean, when I tell you great, I'm talking about fantastic, top, top-notch, A-class lawyers. Uh, Danya Perry, as an example, uh, she is already, we've been speaking for hours, which is why I look a little tired. We've been speaking for hours about the questions that they intend to pose to Donald at this deposition. I've been speaking to uh, Ben Brodsky, my attorney down there in Florida, because we're all working together. Danya's entire team, Lillian, Alex, and so on, everybody. We are all on this in order to ensure that if he shows up to this deposition, that this deposition is going to it's going to elicit the answers that we know that certainly do not benefit him, that these are going to be really uh, the right questions. It's not designed to embarrass him. It's not designed to humiliate him. Right? Those come with the fact that he happens to be Donald Trump. But what these questions do is that they lay out the formula that we then intend to use within which to dismiss the case that he frivolously brought. That's the goal. And I believe based on the questions that where we have so far, and there's many more to come, uh, I believe that it will you know, accomplish exactly that. 
Well, we're all looking forward to that, and uh, you'll keep us up to date. If there's any breaking news, you and I are going to start doing some more oh, yeah. breaking news hot takes like we did yesterday when you uh, first found out that Donald Trump fled the jurisdiction of New York <laughs> when he said he was going to be there. I mentioned this before, but uh, I'll mention there's been a flurry of motions right before we went live that Donald Trump uh, and his lawyers had filed. In the New York AG case, he filed that uh, motion to uh, stay the current trial that's taking place mm -hmm. while he appeals the partial summary judgment that was granted by Judge Ngoron, resulting in the dissolution of the Trump organization and cancellation of the LLCs. Recall Judge Ngoron made that ruling back on September 26th. If you are a competent lawyer on September 27th, the morning, that's when you file your motion to stay. And what you would have argued to the Court of Appeals is, well, now that the trial court judge has ordered the dissolution of the Trump organization, we have to deal with that. And then let's deal with the damages after the dissolution issue. But they waited until day four of the trial to even contemplate bringing yeah. the motion to stay. So you've got Alina Habba there with her gamer laptop. She's got this like laptop that like gamers use there. And she's like looking so confused there, not knowing what she's doing. Again, the C team right there. You have Donald Trump's lawyers in addition to that filing a motion to dismiss the indictment brought by special counsel Jack Smith in the Washington, D.C. case for Trump's effort to overthrow the 2020 election. Trump cites presidential immunity there, um, saying that former presidents cannot have criminal charges against them at all. And somehow Donald Trump believes that if the uh, Senate acquitted him of the second impeachment that that immunizes him, which is just simply not the case. Donald Trump filed a motion to dismiss the indictment in the Manhattan District Attorney case. A motion to stay is forthcoming in the New York Attorney General case, and he filed a motion to delay the federal case in the Southern District of Florida before Judge Eileen Cannon for the reasons I described earlier in the show, trying to delay that until the end of November 2024. He brought all of these in a day and brought them at really strange times to even bring them in, like not when competent counsel would bring that. But while all of this is going on, while we know that Donald Trump now shared nuclear secrets with a foreigner, um, that could have devastating consequences. We shared that breaking news here. The MAGA Republicans in Congress are inviting Donald Trump to show up on Capitol Hill, the situs of an insurrection that Donald Trump led, so he can rally them and find either a new Speaker of the House or in his own mind, even though he's disqualified based on being indicted from becoming Speaker of the House, that they could anoint him speaker despite the indictments. And then that's who the MAGA Republicans are. But let me show you these two clips, Cohen, because there's the MAGA Republicans are in total disarray. And here yeah. you have MAGA Republican Senator Mullen saying these things about Matt Gates. Just play any of the clips. Play the first clip. You got to think about this guy. Um, this is a guy that didn't have that the media didn't give a time of day to after he was accused of sleeping with an underage girl. And there's a reason why no one 
and the conference came and defended him because we had all seen the videos he was showing on the house floor that all of us had walked away of the girls that he had slept with. He'd brag about how he would uh, crush ED medicine and, and, and chase it with, um, with an energy drink so he could go all night. This is obviously before you got married. And so when that accusation came out, no one defended him, and then no one on the media would give him a time of the day. All of a sudden, he found fame because he opposed the Speaker of the House back in November, and he's always stayed there, and he's not. He was never going to leave until he got this last moment of fame by saying, by by going after a motion to vacate. It's important to know Congressman Gates has never been charged with any sex trafficking. So there's other clips like that, but Cohen, just to be clear, as I understand it, you have a MAGA Republican senator saying that he and all the other MAGA Republicans were aware. That Matt Gates was snorting ED medication and showing sex photos to them on the House floor. They covered up, apparently, his behavior. If you just take that MAGA Republican senator at his word when he was in the House of Representatives, and now they're saying that about Matt Gates, this is who the MAGA Republicans are. I mean, while we're trying to get things done, for the American people, while Democrats are talking about bipartisanship and lowering prescription drug prices and helping seniors and helping students and helping vets, the MAGA Republicans are snorting erectile dysfunction medication on the House floor Look, uh, and showing sex photos to each other. Right. But let's let's be fair. Matt Gates is a unique scumbag. All right. And it's actually Matt Gates who gets the two finger fucking salute for the day. First of all, he fucked up the whole country with this bullshit with McCarthy. Now, I am no Kevin McCarthy fan, to be honest with you. However, in another 43 days, there's another potential shutdown. We don't even have a speaker. And so nothing is going to get accomplished. Nothing is going to get done. At least we know the devil that was sitting in that chair. And what did McCarthy do? In all fairness, McCarthy went ahead and he did the right thing for America, right? Very much like what happened with Liz Cheney. She was doing the right thing for America, not the right thing for this wackadoodle chaos caucus, right? Matt Gates appears to be the leader of this chaos caucus right now. He has now surpassed, I guess, popularity over Marjorie Toilet Green or Lauren Bubert, right? With, um, with all of the nonsense and the craziness. What he is doing is making a mockery. Now, Kevin McCarthy asked for it because in order to get to the seat, um, going back after the 15 times that he was unable to obtain enough votes, he made promises to everybody across the board, and some of them wanted these promises to be kept. Well, Matt Gates is obviously one of them. Used, used that, we'll call it Achilles heel, in order to get rid of McCarthy, managed to get these, you know, these seven additional uh, Republicans to do his bidding, and boom, the guy is out. All right? I mean, this is truly stupid. We know it's stupid because it's the first time in history that it's ever happened. And of course, it's orchestrated by the biggest asshole of them all, right? I have my own personal issues with Matt Gates, despite the fact 
that he apologized, even though I ultimately learned that it wasn't his apology. It was actually written by Sean Hannity, um, going back to when he wanted to accuse me um, the night before that he was going to come out and say things about uh, me, which were untrue, uh, that would affect my marriage uh, to my wife or uh, my relationship with my in-laws, which is stellar. Uh, obviously a lie. The guy fucking apologizes for it. You know, I really hoped that after Trump left, that Matt Gates would become a man. He's now sitting in a position where he needs to be an adult. He is not. He's still the same reckless, you know, buffoon that he was under Trump and for fucking up America, for fucking up the House right now so that we don't have a Speaker of the House. Hey, Matt, there you go, buddy. Two fingers salute to you. Leave it on the two-finger salute right there. Um, again, as we talked about what was going on in the New York Attorney General civil case that Donald Trump led, learning the breaking news that was first reported by ABC that Donald Trump was sharing nuclear secrets to a foreigner at the Mar-a-Lago Club about America's nuclear submarine capabilities, and that the foreigner then shared it with multiple other people. Special counsel Jack Smith and the FBI have been interviewing that uh, foreign individual um, who has provided all of the relevant information and Jack Smith and the FBI have the text messages and emails uh, as well. Time to do the after show, Michael Cohen. I want to remind everybody it's patreon.com slash political beatdown. We don't have outside investors on political beatdown. The way we continue to build this programming is things like Patreon. Um, we have exclusive after shows. And if you ever wanted to send direct messages to Michael Cohen or me or meet Michael Cohen or me, um, patreon.com slash political beatdown is the best place to do it. So make sure you become a member of the Patreon community. Now, one more time, it's Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash political beatdown. And if you're a patron, put in the chat below if you think the exclusive content that we have there is worth it. Also, make sure you check out Revenge by Michael Cohen wherever books are sold and audio books are sold. It is so critical you read this. It gives you the roadmap of everything that Donald Trump and these MAGA Republicans are doing right now. Once again, the title is Revenge by Michael Cohen. I um, want to thank you all for watching this episode of Political Beatdown. We got a lot more breaking news to report throughout the day. Make sure you tune in this evening at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific to the podcast I do with Brett and Jordy, the Midas Touch podcast. I will see you then. Once again, it's patreon.com slash political beatdown. Have a great day. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.